Hi everybody, welcome to the third, yes, episode of the Mr. Prototype and Company podcast where we're going to discuss everything about prototyping, making products and much more. Today we want to bring you something that we have been discussing with our clients lately quite a bit, which is price. Why do we have to make everything so, so, so cheap that we can produce cheap and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper? Is that worth it? Why that obsession of lowering prices? Well, I would like a cheaper product. The clients of our clients demand cheap, so I get that people want cheap prices. But do they demand cheap? I'm sorry, but I would rather get something that is perfectly done for me and that is great over something cheap. Depends on the client. So I think a lot of people think that their clients demand low prices and often they do, but more often than not, you can actually ask more than you think. I think a lot of people really have a price in their mind like it needs to be this or nobody's gonna buy it. And that's not necessarily true because you have different types of clients in the product lifecycle. In the beginning, you have people that really want that thing and they will pay not anything for it. I mean, not unlimited for it, but they will pay higher prices than you yourself might pay for it. Um, and as time goes on, of course, those people, you will run out of those people and you will need to lower your price to be able to speak to a broader audience. Um, but yeah, there are people that are not price sensitive. Being price sensitive means that they care less about the price to be lower. If you than are price sensitive, you care more about yeah. the price. Yeah, sorry, what did miss? But yeah, and also we're talking about products that are innovative, that are something new, that is not a market that is already established, established or saturated. Of course, if you're going to offer something that is already out there, you will need to either lower the price or offer new benefits or something. Higher something. quality, yes. Yes, so we are mostly talking about new things that don't have any competitors or if they're competitors, they have a clear difference. They're not the same. So the line of competition is quite diffused there. Yeah. And also, I get that from another point of view, our people that make products get fixated on that unit cost because that closely relates to their margins. Yeah, sometimes it gets tight, mostly when you're producing limited amounts, that the smaller the amount you produce, the higher the cost per unit. And you see your margin just yeah, evaporating. Yeah, but you need to try to sell those first units to know if investing on lowering the price is worth it. It's funny that you need to invest to try to lower the price. To invest. Yeah. But the reason this makes sense and it's not a chicken and egg problem is because that first investment to try to sell a bit is much, much smaller than the investment that is needed to make things cheaper. So basically, let's say and we've seen this. Let's say that I choose to go for a cheap production immediately. And I just estimate that they will want it this way. And they will want this version and yada yada. And I make a thousand pieces of that. And therefore it's cheap. It costs like two euros a piece. Instead of ten. Or fifty even. Well, great that you have two euros per piece. But what if you sell five? It turns out that nobody wants it. But you have another version 
that everybody wants and you didn't make that one, you chose for the, the wrong one. Well, now the money that you invested in that first version, you're never getting back. No, and actually the price per unit that you're paying is way higher if you don't manage to sell them. Yes, because you need to calculate the price per unit not by what the person offering you uh, the production says that that is, but like what you actually sold in stock compared to how many you bought. That's the actual price per unit you paid in the end. And yeah, that, that can be a bit sour if you get that wrong. Yeah, and it's difficult to think that way that is like that, that indeed if you pay more for it, but you manage to sell everything that might be cheaper at the end and you get really valuable feedback. The first clients are incredibly important for getting feedback. And so, traction. Yeah, and traction and your first fans and everything, people talking about it, you need that. If you don't dare to do it because investment per unit is too high, you are risking a lot, you are risking the whole project. Yeah, and typically, let's say that the investment per, the, the cost per unit is too high to make a profit, but you also don't have the money to invest in the large-scale production. That's actually quite typical because the large-scale production is tens of thousands of unit, euros typically for um, starting that. Um, well, if you start with that small-scale production, you might not make profit, but that is proof that your product has demand. And with that, you can go to investors, and if they see that proof of demand, they will be willing to give you that money to go to large-scale production and then have those margins to be profitable. So you need to get that proof of sales. That is incredibly important. I mean, even if it is costly, it's better. Yeah. And we're not talking out of nowhere. We know yeah. how it feels. We are working on a project of our own, and the first units is always tricky, a lot of hard work behind it. Yeah, and even five units is better sold um, at a loss is better than nothing sold because it wasn't cheap enough to make. It's by far better. Talk to any investor and they will agree with that statement. I mean, another thing that you can always do if you have very, very low budget and you don't know what to do is making the landing page, just a web page with the buy now, with the price, and see if people are actually willing to try to buy something for that amount. Yeah. It's not making a prototype, it's not producing anything, but if you're really, 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 really concerned about the final price of the product, just make that. That is still cheaper than prototyping in most cases, I guess, depends yeah. on what. Also, the whole thing of price per unit is not valid if you're wanting to sell the idea. We've seen a lot of people come through that want to sell the idea. Um, again, traction matters more. You're not investing in production to make a product that will start to get a return. It's nice if it can, but that's not what you're doing typically with a small series production. What you're doing is you're investing to see if there is demand, to prove that there is demand. And with that proof, you can then either go to sell the idea to investors. Which will be way more valuable if you have that proof of, hey, people want my product. And I see a lot of people staying a bit stuck in that phase of, I have a prototype, it is actually good, um, it works, it's great, but how do I now get to that next stage? And I feel like that's the answer, starting with a small scale production. 
That is small scale production also can have different looks, for example. Of course. For example, we are talking about the Kickstarter, there is a, a small scale production yeah. where you can prove demand, which is for example what we are planning to do. Yeah, yeah, we're planning to do it. Another option is just making some, let's say, the 10 units and give it to either family, friends and fools or maybe people that are relevant. Who knows, maybe you happen to be able to get in contact with a YouTuber that can showcase your product or test it and give you feedback for developing yeah. it. That is really valuable. But this is not the only problem with the price. You don't always need to lower your prices if your offer is great, don't you think? Yeah, um, offering more value often means that you can demand a higher price. If you can get a few nice features in, if you can make it look nicer, if, if you can just make it a higher value product, you can increase your price. I mean, even just brand, aesthetics, that does a lot. And we all know examples like Apple, for example. I mean, that's the most known. Compare a cheapest smartphone with an iPhone. The difference in price is incredible. You could argue that the functions and the characteristics may differ, may be close enough, but you are paying the brand. So I think it's also important to think about how much are you going to invest in the brand. It's almost as important as lowering the yep. prices. And all those things, the product, the marketing, branding, um, all those things are investments, long-term investments. And what I've typically seen in people that get fixated on price is that they don't look at those things as important elements. They feel like if the product is cheap enough, it will sell. Well, that's not true. If people don't know it or haven't heard of it or... Especially not for a new type of product. Let's say that you invented something truly new, something that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, well, people don't have anything to compare it to. There is no demand yet. You have to create demand for your product. You have to that create the demand and also create a way to be findable. Because yeah. if it is truly new, how do you Google it? That's the fun part. Like you need to create a new set of keywords that fit with your product so people can find it if they see it somewhere. And since there is no price to compare it to, you can effectively ask what you want. Of course, there are limits. But they're higher than some people think. I mean, if it is an addition or a complement for another product, logically it can't be higher than yeah. the product per se. Yes, those are hard limits. But yeah, if it is something new, you can actually ask what you want. If there is a niche, if people really want it, you're free yeah. to do whatever you want. I mean, maybe run a couple of tests with, a with ad campaigns and landing pages to There's check with There's a bunch price. of ways to figure out what a price is that is usable um, but one of the worst ways to do it is just thinking in your head yeah because you are one you are one person you you are just one and we are talking about things that involve hundreds or thousands of people yeah. and their ideas and opinions so you can do it by yourself even if you just run around with the paper asking people how much would you be willing to pay for something that does this is it's something. It's an option, yeah. yeah. You need feedback. You can't work alone, and that's also a thing. Invest inventors, creators, you can't work alone. You can't do everything in your head and find the solution in your head. No, you need to ask your potential clients 
to test it and see how they feel about it. I mean, it happens from time to time that you have uh, the guy or girl that makes something awesome all by themselves, but it's the exception. Um, and typically, they're getting help from contacts for getting in touch with other people and all kinds of things. Yeah, but also they need to listen to their audience. Yes. I mean, if, even if it is something awesome and if it doesn't fit with the needs of the audience, then forget about it. Usually people adopt, good businesses adopt to what the audience wants completely. Yes, and there's the origin also of a lot of solutions. It's just people trying to solve their own problem and the problem of people that they know. Like, yeah. let's say something related to a sport. Of course, I need to be practicing that sport. I need to know enough about that sport. And I have my mates, my team that I can discuss it with. But that's the thing, you normally don't work alone. I feel that you always have a connection or at least yeah. somebody to discuss it with. It's yeah. really sad if you need to design and decide the prices if you are not asking other people. It's not necessarily sad, but I think no, it's scary. Yeah. It's, it's intimidating and that's why a lot of people think that they have to go cheap. And no, just go out there, be proud of your product and dare to ask money for it. Because your clients will also only value you to the level that you dare to ask. I mean, that's another thing. Prices that are too low are scary. Like, is this going to work? Is this okay? Yeah. And on top of that, you need to know that products have returns, have failures, have warranty, mandatory two years in Europe. So out of all of that product price, those things need to come. So if you ask too little, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's quite tricky. But it's tricky. mostly what we want to the whole core of this conversation is get it out there, show it, check different prices, see how much can you ask. And worry about it once you actually have demand. Once you actually have people wanting your product and saying, I would really want it, but it's actually too expensive, then you can start worrying about price. But in the beginning, yeah, or at least with the first series, don't escatimate investing in the first units to yeah. get the feedback. Oh, please don't do that. That feedback. It's invaluable. Yeah. Because you might actually see like, oh, they're willing to pay way more than I thought. Oh, that means I can make way more profit. Great. You save money by investing. It's an interesting thing. We wanted to bring it to you because we thought that could be also handy to hear Yeah. for some of you out there. I don't know if you have anything else to add. I can talk about this topic for a long time because we've seen so many examples, but yeah, it's, it's just maybe one thing is that don't underestimate investment cost of the um, ver different versions of a product. Like if you make a product and you immediately go to large scale production, that's a big investment. And typically what happens with startups is they think we need the big numbers, we need this they go to that step, then they figure out that actually they would have wanted something different or worse, the clients wanted something slightly different, maybe even like remove a feature. And then you go like, oh, that could make it cheaper and stuff, but we don't have the money anymore to do the big investment again. That's heartbreaking because if you were patient with that first investment, if you started small, then you could have had demand 
and made exactly what that larger demand that was starting to pop up wanted. And that's when businesses can explode. And that's great. But if you, if you play all your cards in the first round, then you're not going to get there. Well, yes, if you're really lucky, but you're putting <laughs> all the eggs in one basket. Yeah. It, reduce your reliance on luck as much as possible, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> because yeah. if you need to rely on luck for making a startup work, that's not, that's not a good strategy. I hope this helps you and maybe anybody out there that is thinking about making a small production or going for big, take it easy, slowly but steady. I will leave you the transcript of this whole conversation. You will have the podcast, you have the YouTube channel. Send us any question if you have it. Uh, we will see each other next week. See ya.